0: All right. good morning everybody and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, uh, talking sports with you right up until noon. Appreciate you carving out some of your morning uh, spending it here with Trent and I. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, let's do that to start things off. We will have Matt Postens. He covers the Big Twelve. Get into the Big Twelve uh, with the cancellation that we're now aware of. What's this going to do? Pushing everything back uh onto that December the twelfth date. Uh we'll talk about the race. We'll talk about Skylar Thompson. A lot of ground to cover with Matt Postens. Also some cowboy stuff as he uh covers the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Stephen Jones saying the right thing. Uh there are a lot of folks concerned that, you know, the uh, the franchise tag is not fair to the players. Uh, once an instance like we saw Prescott happen to him on Sunday, uh, he'll be fine. Uh, He's going to get paid. He's a quarterback. Now, maybe other positions seen a little differently. Uh, But we'll do that with um, Matt Poston's more Big 12 than Dallas Cowboys, and he'll join us about 1030. Brian Urilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission is in at 1050. The state of Iowa set a record in the month of September, Trent Condon. Uh, Sports wagering. $74 $74 million bet in the month of September on sports. Now, it pales in comparison to the other states the, uh, that offer sports wagering, at least the majority of them, but uh, it, it's uh, it's a record nonetheless. Started in August of 2019. The bar was moved in September of 2020 with, I guess, right, NBA, yeah, NHL, yeah. college, NFL, MLB, MLB. Uh, as was pointed out in the piece, it would have even, or what what that number would have been, the question was posed, had the Big Ten participated in September? Certainly bigger. Certainly bigger, without a doubt, because it moves on the eastern part of the state. The Big Ten moves on the western part of the state. As- Folks from Nebraska crossing the bridge to uh, to make their wager. So Brian O'Rilko will join us at 10.50. Was that an anomaly? What can we expect? Uh, we'll do that coming up. Matt Snyder on baseball at 11.05. Baseball was good yesterday, was it not? That it was. Monday. Oh, boy. It was a fun day, no doubt about that. And then our friend Zubin Mehente, Trent and I go around the world of sports with Zubin every Tuesday at 11.25. Of course, Zubin ESPN Radio. Uh, He'll join us to wrap things up. Well, fun day of sports yesterday. Some news uh, collegiate-wise. I think we should just, before we recap what we watched yesterday, uh, transfer news coming uh, out this morning, and I think it's overdue, and I think it's uh, about time. Athletes will be granted a penalty-free, one-time transfer starting in 2021 Uh, for football and basketball. Those players need to notify their school they're transferring by May the 1st. So no more you transfer, you sit (laughs) out a year If you transfer and you notify your school that you're doing so by May the 1st, you'll be eligible uh, for the, well, in football's case, uh, when football starts in uh, September with practice in August. I think it's overdue, Trent. I think it's about time, and here it is.
1: Well, and it's something that has happened for a number of years to many of the other sports in college athletics. We just think mostly about men's basketball and about football, but in some of the minor sports, the Olympic sports, it's been happening for years where, yeah, I want to transfer. I Mm -hmm. want to go to a new school, and you're able to, and you're able to compete in your athletics right away. Something that needs to be done. The power going back into the players, I think it's a good thing. Now, is there underlying consequences? Absolutely. There's going to be a super team that's put together. Probably so. Kentucky's going to have a year where, boy, they missed on a couple of the top five players in the country coming into the freshman class. Uh Oh, look, all of a sudden, not just player A, but B, C, and D, guys have played in the AAU circuit together. Hey, let's get together. Let's play a season together and see how that goes, and they'll all culminate together, and we'll see how it plays out. That's going to happen,
0: but I'm okay with Yeah, I am too. I don't think, Trent, in basketball, Look, I'm I'm good with the good being good every year. I, yeah. I like a tournament where you've got the blue bloods in it. Not that I don't want somebody to come out of nowhere. That adds to you it. You hate was... Loyola, that you can say it.
1: <laughs> you you hate Sister Jean. All right, oh, I we, wouldn't go that far. We got Ken Viller. <laughs> no, no, on no. record,
0: <laughs> I believe that's what you said. Is that what I said? Yeah, <laughs> that's what you heard. Uh, I, I'll, I'll rewind the tape. Yeah, thank you. Um, but uh, nonetheless, so that's the, that's the news transfer-wise here this morning. I'm, I'm like you. We're not naive to think that that won't happen. Uh, we'll see how it changes, if it changes the sports in the future. You know, the
1: other piece that we knew certainly this was going to ultimately, I think, happen, I think everybody understands that, but the other component is what we have seen with the people transferring and then looking for a waiver. And there's been no rhyme or reason. I yeah. remember the kid from it's Illinois who actually did move home to be closer to his, I think it was his grandpa, but his grandpa, instead of living the 100 mile limit from Champaign, lived like 106 miles away. And they said. And no. so the waiver was not granted. Oh, you have that part. Now, another thing that has been told to me by many people in college athletics is what it's turned into here the last couple of years. Very simple. And it's unfortunate that it's come to this level, but you just say mental health, mm-hmm. and that's the buzzword, mm-hmm. the keyword that gives you. For all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. an automatic waiver yep. and eligibility to play immediately. So then people were using that and abusing that by just saying, well, I ha- had some mental health issues and I want to come closer to home or this had
0: a hospital. Or not whatever saying that it is. that's the case. We're not painting right. with a big brush. You're and just and saying, for the people that actually have that, absolutely. that's not a
1: bad thing. That's not what I'm saying either. Right. But by and large, people were using that as an out when they really didn't have yep.
0: Mental health issues, and a lot of uh, a lot of athletes found the right lawyer. There's one lawyer's name escapes me, and he seemingly was winning case after case after right. case uh, when it comes to. But that it just stuff. felt
1: like the NCAA. A lot of times, there wasn't rhyme or reason mm-hmm. behind it. They put together what felt like a good case, and. Sorry. Well, do
0: you remember Oliver Martin? He yeah. had the right lawyer, right? Did, we yes. asked Ference about that at Media Day a couple <laughs> of years ago when uh he was trying to uh, get his eligibility. Anyways, so uh baseball in a second. Let's uh let's do the football first for Monday night and, and the week week five, boy, it seems like it's never gonna end. <laughs> yeah. Uh it would started on Thursday night with the Bears putting one in the wind column. We'll finally end tonight, Tuesday night football. Six o'clock. I'm okay with it. We don't get Thursday this week, which is right. a little disappointing. And
1: there isn't a good college game no, that would at least... a stinker. Yeah.
0: Now, tomorrow night is There's the a good one, Raging yeah. Cajuns in who? Coastal Carolina. Yes, yeah, that is a good game. Anyways, First
1: place in the Big 12 uh-huh. on the
0: line. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, both of them have very very productive September the 12th, whatever we call that week. Um, but last night we watched uh, the Saints and the Chargers. Trent, the, the story to me was, even in defeat, Justin Herbert, who started four years at Oregon. Look, w- w- did you see anything like we're seeing now? Maybe once yes. or twice. now, his final game last year um, as, a, as a member of the Ducks, the uh, Rose Bowl, right? I think it was. I think they played in the Rose Bowl. Anyways, he's so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a Chargers fan right now, you're feeling pretty good finally about your franchise, right? Yeah. You've got your future quarterback.
1: Now, you've watched 20 years of frustrating losses. Sure. Is there an organization that has – it just feels like every week they're in a game, and they find a way to lose it. And they did again last night. I mean, they blew a 17-point lead. First time Drew Brees has ever come back from that deficit in and, his and, career. Yeah, and Trent, by the
0: way, yeah. one of these guys we're going to be talking—well, you'll be. I'll be gone. But you'll be talking about stayed a little too long. Remember back in 2020, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback? He's one of those guys that stayed a year too long that you wish he would have left when uh, before the skills started to deteriorate. It's on full display every time you watch the Saints.
1: Yeah, and the continued conversation about Taysom Hill. And are they using him too much? I I, I don't get it. I think they are more than anything understanding Drew Brees is not a separated shoulder, but a bruised shoulder away from not being able to play in the mm-hmm. NFL. Because his arm strength is that limited mm-hmm. now that it's not, yeah, devastating injury, broken collarbone. All right, of course. But if he just takes a little ding there, with the limitations that he has, well, and that- I
0: thought he was about to Trent when he reached the ball over the uh, the goal line. Yes, um, when he jumped up and he hit the ground hard, mm-hmm. and he hit it, he hit it big time. And I thought that he was a little wonky when he got up out of it. But look at to uh, Herbert though
1: your your question about Herbert. Sorry, you're not sold yet. No, I am. Yep, yep. I was a bigger Herbert fan than you're, you. That's true because you were way down on him, yeah. and I, I thought he'd be able to become. But I remember his skills early in his career. When I saw him the first time, came in what about halfway, maybe three, four games into his fresh, red shirt freshman mm-hmm. campaign. Early, yeah. And I said, "Wow!" And I watched him a couple of different times, and I was, but it felt like he never built upon that. It's not like he regressed. It's not like he became worse. It was just you saw those skills in a nineteen-year-old kid, and you said, "There's really something here." It's also Oregon maybe not got to the heights that they thought. Last year they were trending there, and then Arizona State blitzed them, and that was done, and they were out of the national championship conversation right after that game. And I think that played a part because he was really bad in that game. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that was maybe, if not not their introduction, but their first time really watching a Justin Herbert game, he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible, and I think that played into it, too. But the skills were always there. The athleticism is there, and that deep ball, boy, is that Ooh, a thing of
0: beauty. No, I'll say. Chargers have their quarterback. Chiefs have their quarterback. I don't know if the Broncos have their quarterback. Derek Carr was really good this past weekend. Yes, he was. But there's a lot of Raider fans out there that are not sure that they have their quarterback. Anyways, a Monday nighter from last night was fun, entertaining, little overtime. Uh, but the story of it, two of them. Was Herbert, how good he is? three of them breeze seems to be not seems to be. He is on the decline and the chargers once again, could not seal the deal. Meanwhile in baseball, I want to start in the national league. Okay. Uh, because the, the this Braves team, boy, they're, they're a fun team to watch Trent. And this coronation that seemingly most people thought was going to happen. Well, here go the Dodgers. They're finally, after having getting close all of those years, they're going to get back in the winner circle again. Uh, Bueller was terrific. Freed was better. Um, the the bat hitting the ball in the ninth inning when Riley hit that home run and John Smoltz, who had been singing his praises earlier on in the telecast, and boy, I like Buck and Smoltz on baseball. It's a pretty good crew. It's a really good crew. Not that Brian Anderson and company are bad, but just hearing Joe Buck, but Austin Riley, when his bat struck ball in the ninth, the sound was just so classic baseball. Mm-hmm. right just crushed it. And Braves got some dudes. This is going to be a good series.
1: I'm right there with you. I love the bullpen. I love the young talent. And we talk a lot about Ronald Acuna, who was banged up this year. But that is a bright star. Mm-hmm. I mean, that That is a building block Albies. of your organization. But we get to see Anderson go yeah. again tonight. Yeah. We we get to see this young bullpen continue mm-hmm. to go out there. And then you see, yeah, Ozzie Albies. And, oh, my gosh. On and, on and on and Defensively. This is a really, really talented team that I was with you, I. Kind of overlooked them. Yeah. Just because we're used to the
0: Braves maybe falling in the postseason, is that a part of it? Yeah, you know what it is for me maybe is that I quit paying attention as close when Glavin and Smoltz and Maddox and company in that era ended. TBS too. And TBS too. Excellent point. Because.
1: Excellent point. It was very easy as you're flipping around always to find your way to 247 or. It just, that's where it would be, and you knew there'd be baseball on for pretty much every Yeah, here's Skip out there, and and talking about that there's a huge generation of of Braves fans because of that. Chris Williams, the guy right here in our building, that was an organization that I remember growing up in the 80s, just putrid, but you could flip them on, Mm -hmm. and there'd be baseball, and Oh boy, maybe they would be playing the Dodgers in a game. Maybe they would be playing the Giants. And it's really one of the few times you get to see one of those National League teams, especially if you're watching the Cubs and it's well, mostly before teams the, the MLB package came yes. out. Know I mean, that's what we relied on. You want to see Barry Bonds? Well, uh-huh. here's your opportunity to see Barry Bonds. And all right, you want to see Vince Coleman? Here's your opportunity to see Vince Coleman. And on and on and on. That's what it was. And then, 91, they're good, and then they're good for a decade. And think of the number of fans that jumped out. Mm. The Cubs have the exact same thing because of WGN. It's different for us because we're in the Midwest, but sure. you go across the country, and think of those games, those late-night West Coast Fulton games when they County go out there. Stadium. Yes. And they go out, and all of a sudden, oh, boy, there's there's big fans there. And it happened yesterday in Arlington, Texas. You could hear the fans. You could, Trent. It was great
0: to hear. It Really was. 10,700, I think is, is the number. that was the number I heard it was below 11. I didn't hear yeah. the exact number. Uh but it was great to have fans in the ballpark for the first time all. Well, that's not necessarily true. Families have been yep. allowed in as uh, And some the dignitaries,
1: you know, Joe Mauer was in the building for one of the Twins games. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, was he was up in in one of the boxes. Okay. Paul Molitor was in the one next to him. So, yeah, some some special people were allowed in, but Yeah, we didn't really see this number of fans, Mm -hmm. and it sounded...
0: Yeah, it was good to hear. It was good that they didn't have to rely with the fake crowd noise, right? Right. Not that it's been a distraction. It's been a
1: distraction. Has
0: it? It's Baseball, not
1: as much. I think they had it figured out. It still bothers me in football. NBC, turn down the crowd noise. I can't Mm -hmm. hear the commentators. I can't crank it up because i got sleeping kids. (laughs) Turn the stupid crowd noise off... Drives, I would rather hear nothing. Yeah, I would too. As opposed to when they do it so loud. All right, what did what Collins were saying that I'm turning up the volume? Should it go too loud? Uh, knock it off. All right. A little murmur underneath. I'm fine with that, but they get too tricky. That aside, sorry.
0: Yeah, you know what they did? They went away with, um, remember they started, to, and they still did this for a long time, put the, the, the fake people in the stands? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Look, they're trying, right? You can't kill them for trying like that. It was going to be different. They were going to do their best to make the viewing experience better. Tip of the cap to them for trying. Uh, But it was good to have real fans back in the stands without a doubt last night. All right, so the uh, American League. Trent, these race, man. Yeah. I'm not sure they've been the best team on the field either game. I mean, I think the Astros out-hit them in a lot of ways. Um, They out-pitched them in a lot of ways. That's McCullers yesterday, Trent. He was phenomenal. Eleven he was, strikeouts. He was really, really good. And you look at the score, um, and and the and the series score in particular. And the Rays are up two zip in this thing. Charlie Morton was good. McCullers was better. It's just big spots. It's big double play balls that the Astros are. are uh, hitting into, out hit them again yesterday. Mark got fallen on his head. My God, what an unbelievable play. I was watching it live. I so so glad I would. i, I got to ask you. I'll ask you on air. Yeah. <laughs> how do you... Because I want to tweet these things, right? But some guys are able to tweet the video instantly. Uh-huh. I want to be able to do that. What am I missing?
1: Uh... Can you do
0: it? Mm, not necessarily. you got to
1: find somebody that already has it and then put it out. Oh, I mean, okay. if you put your phone up there or... It's people that are connected and, and are recording things. What is it? Bubba Frog, he's one of those guys that is recording seemingly everything. He works in some kind of television, and because of that, they can barely quickly. Because well,
0: I was going to tweet, oh, my God, I just saw the best catch of the year. And But wouldn't it wouldn't have been nice to show the video around yeah, yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, anyways, the Margot catch when he fell into the – and that's a dug. It's not the dugout that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, what, how, what's the best description of it? I mean, it's – there, There's a, I don't know, four or five foot fall from the playing field yeah. to where he fell over the right field stanchion. He could have got hurt. I mean, there's nothing there to catch his fall. It was It's cement down there, too, the, right? Yes, and cement doesn't give. No. It's just in. <laughs> right. There's no give. Uh, but what a play. And the umpire running down the field. I mean, there's an umpire out in left field and right field, and he didn't have the longest run. Uh, but, um, I mean, just an amazing, amazing, amazing catch. Is it Margot or Margot? Margot. It is
1: Margot. Yes. Because I thought the same thing. Well, I, you know what? what then now you got I, me wondering. Because I heard... What was that? Was it MLB Network, maybe, last night? Now you got me It wondering. was something. Because I always thought, yeah, it's Margot, like the female name Margot. Right. But then they, I heard somebody say Margot, and that got me thinking. Well, you know? the outfielder for the Rays. <laughs> right. People, if you're a baseball fan, you know who we're talking about right. here, but... It's one of those names that did you put the T there? Yeah. and You're saying it, and then, and then I heard it wherever I heard it last night. I thought I had it right, and then you said Margo,
0: mm-hmm. and here we are going around. Well, I, I'm probably wrong, right? No. Me and names, um, yeah, me and names. <laughs> the the the, uh, the kid that came in um, for the for the Braves last night that when Duvall had to leave the game, Pache P a P a c h e. <laughs> I have no idea. That dude. That guy, right. Anyways, uh, the baseball's been terrific. We'll get... Now, we flip flop today, right? The National League goes first, and then the American League, and it's 5 o'clock, yeah. 7.40. Right, so we're going to have some overlap here. Some overlap for sure, and it's, on, it's probably going to be a late night. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, with, with the 7.40 right, first It'll probably pitch. be 11 o'clock, 11.15 by the time this thing uh, comes to an end in the American League.
1: And then we have the NFL at 6 o'clock yep. with the Bills and the Titans. You told me before the show that you... Love the Bills. I do. It's in Tennessee, in Nashville, but... Both teams are undefeated. I mean, this is a pretty good matchup. It's, it's a really good matchup. This is one that had circled, and then uh-huh. I had to morph into the Colts and the Browns were going to be the best yeah. matchup last week, and... And it was pretty good. It was a pretty good one. Yeah. The Titans haven't practiced really... Well, that's just it, Trent. I, that's for what... almost weeks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what we're going on. It feels too easy. The it number's does. three and a half, I'm and... I'm with you. Because this thing has... Twenty-seven, ten, yes,
0: thirty-one, seven. Bills Just, are legit, and when their defense gets comes alive, and they have been lately, this is a legitimate contender in the A. Look, I think right now, power rank. We should maybe save this for for later or a different day. But A.F.C. right now, mm-hmm. how do you see it? Kansas City still one. I agree.
1: Baltimore still two. I would
0: go Pittsburgh.
1: But I think we're splitting hairs. Yeah, it's those two, three.
0: Yeah. But the Bill's are four, for my money. Mm. I, for my money, they are. I'll tell you who's another team in the conversation, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland four and Browns. Cleveland Browns. That defense is good when Baker Mayfield doesn't do stupid things. Well, and you talk about making the right how, hire for yeah, the team that you have. Great point. Stefanski? Yes. Finally, Perfect. they seem like they got the right
1: coach. Not bringing in the new flavor of the uh-huh. day. Not bringing in the guy that has the buzz. Not bringing in the guy that... Jimmy actually, like Jimmy Haslam, No owner. right? But no, not doing that. This is our team. We have a quarterback that we still believe can be a productive starter in this league. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and bring somebody that knows offense, that's going to simplify things. How many times have we heard this year with the Browns that they have simplified yep. what they're trying to do offensively? And Stefanski's an offensive mind. Speaking of that, I had this thought as I heard that again during the the Colts-Browns game. They were They were talking a little bit about the simplification. Have you ever heard a coaching staff coming in and say, well, they made things a lot more complicated. And that's been the difference here. (laughs) For whatever reason, it just popped into my head. How much football have we watched throughout the years? And have you ever heard, you know the thing that really helped them? They made things a lot more complex, (laughs) and that's why they're playing so much better.
0: No, it's, it's an excellent point. It's funny, actually. Never, that's a good point. Uh, anyways, uh, Cleveland's in the conversation. I would go Steelers, too, just because, yeah, you know what, though? That Ravens defense pretty salty yeah. in yeah. their own right. And Lamar I, Jackson's not right. I don't think so either. didn't practice all week. Look, Cincinnati, I thought Cincinnati would give him a game. I really did. Yeah. I, I, and, and Joe Burrow, my God, I don't know how this guy's able to move around. He took some. Nasty, nasty. What
1: did I hear? He's on pace to be sacked eighty four times and and hit like two hundred and thirty eight or something. He can't survive that in the NFL, even with the protection of quarterbacks. mm -hmm. He can't survive that. Well, you know,
0: you know who else needs some help too? Is here is here is what the Chargers are lacking: an offensive line. Yeah, you know, the the running back is out. Their best receiver is out. Three guys in the offensive line were out yesterday. When once Herbert gets some protection. Once Joe Burrow gets some protection, some of these young quarterbacks, and as somebody pointed out today, Joe Burrow. Check mark, Justin Herbert, check mark. Who went between them? Question mark. Right? Um, we haven't seen Tua. Yeah. And Flores said was asked, "We you know you're you're up so much against the the Niners. Why'd you put him in? Oh, we don't want to put him in in garbage time. I guess I could see that a little bit, but don't come off wanna- a hip
1: injury. Yeah, pretty significant that's one. That's that's a good point. An unnecessary hit, not necessary for the uh-huh. two and three Dolphins. All right, which one of the teams we think is awful is going to sneak into the playoffs
0: in the AFC? In the AFC, which awful team is going to sneak? Dolphins, Jets, Al- awful team, Bengals, Texans, Jags, no Chargers or your Broncos. uh one of those teams. Give me the list again. Now, certainly not the Jets. So you're going to go Dolphins. Dolphins Bengals, Bengals, Bengals Texas Jags. Texans
1: Jags. Broncos Chargers. Broncos Chargers. Somebody I, gets to nine and seven.
0: They get catch uh, on fire. I think the Chargers. Maybe, maybe. The Chargers. I think the Chargers. If I had to pick one. Texans, it's Romeo Cornell. Yeah, oh boy. It,
1: Romeo made a good decision, actually. Actually, instead of kicking the field goal going for it, and they won the game. They, mm-hmm. The exact same decision Zimmer made for Minnesota. He's getting killed Romeo.
0: Made the same decision, but it worked. The well, guy executed. Z- Zimmer should have worked either. I mean, Madison just looks takes one, it opens his eyes because I'm convinced he closed his eyes when you <laughs> And I'm not killing he him He's the that. linebacker
1: coming to right. just uh, here. This is gonna hurt. He,
0: he takes one step to his right. He walks into the end zone. We're gonna walk into a commercial break. But before we do that, it's time to uh, try and help somebody out here. Put another thousand dollars in somebody's pocket. Uh, o needs a winner. Text the keyword "win" to 200 Right now, it's your chance to win a thousand. Win to 200 200
2: you will get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
0: Matt Postons writes for heartlandcollegesports.com. Big 12 conversation next. Uh, Brian Arilco in about, oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. A record sports wagering month here uh, in the state of Iowa. $74 million was wagered. How much was wagered on an app? Of the 74 million. How 85%. Much? So give me a number, because I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? What was it? 70,
1: 74 million. 74 million. Let's give me a round say number.
0: 65 million. Here it's, it's high. I would have thought it would been higher, too. It was 50. Oh, down a little 24 bit. 24 million was wagered on site. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We will speak with Matt Poston's Miller in Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO 106 to learn more. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is
2: KXNO.
0: Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We take you until noon here. Coming up in about 15, nah, probably 20 minutes, uh, Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Forgot to mention in our NLCS conversation, mm-hmm. Des Moines, I'm Pat Hoberg with the plate. Yeah. Game one. Good for him, man. Really So we cool. had the game one Cubs-Marlins. Mm-hmm. And he's back again in the NLCS, and he's a relatively young umpire, so obviously... A lot more uh, in front of him. Yeah, I'll say. Good for him. Uh, let's uh, talk some Big 12, uh, shall we? He's our friend Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. He also blogs on the Cowboys. We'll pick his brain on uh, Dak Prescott, just that devastating injury uh, to him. But Stephen Jones and the Jones family, they're going to they're make it right for their quarterback. And his brother says he'll be back better than ever. I tend to believe him, and I'm certainly rooting for him. One uh, looking at Twitter trends. I mean, this is yeah. clearly got the respect of most guys uh, in the league. Uh, Matt Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Matt Postens. how are you? Good to speak with you. Hey, good to
3: speak with you guys. Let's see. Get... a lot of umpire. I don't get a lot of umpire talk at the start of these calls. So that's
0: <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's a Des Moines guy. We've had a bunch of Des Moines umps over the years, to McClellan, the late Eric Cooper, and Pat Holberg uh, carrying that torch going forward. Let's get into this Big Twelve. Um, with what you've seen so far, and obviously we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at Baylor as they're really, uh, going through some tough times there with COVID. But look at, if we were to, and we talked prior to the season, Matt, and I don't think anyone would have said that, you know, three games in, Oklahoma would be one and two and right there with Texas at the bottom, both looking up at Iowa State, K-State, Oklahoma State, uh, both of all three of those schools unbeaten. It's not, the, the Big 12 is kind of upside down right now.
3: Yeah, very much so. It's I think it's going to be one of those years where both of the teams that play in the conference championship game are going to have at least one loss, uh, perhaps two. I mean, you know that Oklahoma-Texas State or Texas game uh, last week it was certainly very compelling, but it was also very sloppy. It really did expose both of these defenses as being maybe two of the worst in the conference. They're just not playing well or executing at a high level right now. Um, but they could still influence the conference race and they could still sneak their way into the conference championship game because, you know, while Iowa state, Kansas state and Oklahoma state are all playing very good football right now. They've all got, you know, big games against Oklahoma and Texas in front of them. I mean, I know know, uh, Iowa state and Kansas state have both played Oklahoma, but they both still have to play Texas. In fact, Texas plays them back to back at the end of the conference season. Oklahoma state still has to play both Texas and Oklahoma. So, it's a long way to go, but yeah, this is, when you look at the last few years, this is a really topsy-turvy Big 12 this season, no question.
1: Matt, it continues to be Oklahoma State getting the most buzz, and if there's going to be a team that gets into the college football playoff, I think the Cowboys are probably the last realistic hope at this time. When you look at this squad, Spencer Sanders, he's a difference maker at the quarterback position, still banked up. They get another week, though, with the week off here and get ready for Iowa State with the game against Baylor being canceled. What are you hearing about Sanders, and how much better? And offenses look very pedestrian at times. How much better can they be with a healthy Sanders?
3: I think they can be much better with a healthy Sanders. And getting this, you know, oddly timed bye week this week is, mm-hmm. you know, helpful from that perspective because it just gives them another week to get better, gives them another week to get them back on the field. Uh, but really, this Oklahoma State defense has been really good. And I know, the, I know we talked about the opponents they played to this point, and I think you got to take that into account. But you, you watch them on tape and you, you watch them live, and you know, I think you can certainly say that you know, Oklahoma State defenses in the past have been, have been guilty of not you know, playing good assignment football. This looks like a really fundamentally sound group that knows how to be in the right place at the right time, not give up big plays. And, and really just be consistent from play to play. And that's what you have to be able to do in this conference because there's so much offensive firepower. You've just got to find ways to be consistent from play to play. And this looks like one of the more consistent Oklahoma State defenses that I've seen in quite some time. And, and you're right. The way things are shaping up, if they were to go undefeated and win the conference and be 11 and 0, I, you know, they're really the only, to me, the only team that has a path to get to the college football playoff because they haven't lost a game yet. There's still a lot of football left. I mean, Alabama and Georgia are playing this weekend. We've still got a lot of really big games around mm-hmm. the country left to be played, plus the Big Ten coming in. But if if I'm staking, if I'm saying right now, who's got to go undefeated? It's got to be Oklahoma State because they're the only team in the conference that can go undefeated, mm-hmm. and undefeated might be enough to get you in the college football playoff this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Going to be fascinating to to watch how this all plays out. So I I thought TCU was you know showing some signs that um, that they're going to be in the conversation, and then what we saw last week. But we've seen them beat Texas before. I, but then it's the hangover the following re- week, right? Is, is this legit? I mean, I'm starting to think it is that when TCU wins a big football game, particularly if it's Texas on the other side of the field, that they're going to come back the next week and maybe not lay an egg, but certainly not uh, certainly not play like they did against the Longhorns. Is that what you saw this past week? Cause I was shocked TCU let that one get away. Yeah,
3: I was a little surprised they did too, but let's You know, let's not discount Kansas State's ability to play defense. Uh, They're a really good defensive football team. They're one of the best in the conference. And they did some really good work on Max Duggan last week. Uh, They did some really good work slowing down TCU's running game. Um, You know, Kansas State, to me, right now, pound for pound, kind of feels like the best team in the conference. The injury to Skylar Thompson notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. uh, But it's not by much over Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Uh, but I think Kansas State has shown us from week to week that that the defense is going to be the best part of their team this year, and that's what they're really going to have to lean on the next several weeks that they expect to stay in the conference race with Skylar Thompson now being out for the season. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I agree with you. TCU didn't lay an egg; they played all right. Uh, but you know, when you when you beat a team like Texas or you beat a team like Oklahoma. You got to go out the next week and win. And if you're looking at a differentiator between those two teams, Kansas State beat Oklahoma, they won their next two games. TCU beats Texas, they go out and lose their next game. That's the mark of a team that wants to be in the conversation for the conference championship.
1: So we uh, see Baylor not playing this week against Oklahoma State. Active cases right now sit at twenty-eight mm. in the football for the football players and another fourteen Jeez. with their staff. Uh, they think perhaps, and they haven't narrowed it down, but they believe maybe a false negative led to this. Somebody that got on a plane as they were traveling, or even in the locker room, and it, and it led to this kind of outbreak here. Is that what they're saying? I didn't see that. Wow. What, what's next? Yeah, you know, what, what what's saying. next with Baylor? And and what can you tell us, Matt? Uh, I mean,
3: what's next is most of these cases right now are symptomatic. You know, that's the thing. You know, Mac Rhodes is on the uh, uh, on Sikkim 365 radio yesterday talking with uh, that group, David Smoke, and, um, you know, most of these cases are symptomatic, so it's not like uh, these guys aren't, you know, showing symptoms. Um, you know, if you think about the fact that they think somebody got on the plane who was a false positive, that would have been the Friday flight up to Morgantown, you know, people start showing symptoms now if you're thinking about what what they say about CDC guidelines in terms of symptoms, it's anywhere from 10 to 14 days from when you start showing symptoms to when you're out of the woods. So we're not just talking about this week's game it's with Oklahoma Texas State too. being postponed. We're talking about the Texas game next week, potentially. And we're talking about, you know, play, them not being able to meet position group thresholds, which they have to meet. That was why their game with Houston got canceled. They had a position group that didn't have enough players that were eligible to play. So this has the potential to throw a real monkey wrench in the entire Big 12 season because if you think about, you know, Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, I I don't think I don't think either any of those three teams have played Baylor yet. Am I wrong about
0: that? Uh, I know Iowa State has and K-State has. Yeah, they wouldn't have.
3: Yeah, so think about this, think about this situation. You get to the end of the season and Oklahoma State plays Baylor and wins. Iowa State plays Baylor and loses. Mm. Kansas State doesn't play Baylor because they have to postpone or cancel the game. But all three of those teams end up tied for the conference, for the top mm. two spots in the conference. Oh, what do you do with that when you don't have that common game? That that has the potential to really kind of throw a monkey wrench in this.
0: Yeah, and Baylor's they do have one more bye, but it's the 21st. And if that Texas game is postponed on the 24th of October – Texas scheduled to play Iowa State that day. A lot of juggling, perhaps. A juggling. We
1: saw it happen in the NFL this week with, what, 10 different games that had to move. Might be seeing the same thing with the Big 12 now.
0: Yeah, and they've already... I mean, Oklahoma State and Baylor already moved that game to the 12th, which was going to be the championship, which now backs that up to the 19th. And that'll be played at the Rangers' home ballpark because Jerry World apparently has high school football state championships that entire weekend. <laughs> yep. So that uh, that... Boy, oh boy, that's an interesting. How are you going to handle this? That's it's crazy to think about. So, other than, so let me let me put it this way to you: the game next Saturday, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Does it seem to you that the winner of this game, not a guaranteed path to the Big Twelve Championship, but certainly for Iowa State with a win over Oklahoma, and if they beat Oklahoma State and they've beaten TCU, doesn't it feel like that to you that? But, boy, oh, boy, Iowa State's overwhelming to get one of those two spots.
3: Yeah, that would certainly put them in a great position because that would give them wins over, like you said, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, You know, two teams that have given them trouble at times over the years. They've still got to play Texas late in the year. Mm -hmm. They've still got to play Kansas State late in the year. But it it gives them a little wiggle room because it keeps them undefeated in the conference. Um, They could lose one of those games with Texas or Kansas State and still get in. Um, it really is kind of a control-your-own-destiny game for the winner of that game yeah. uh, between Iowa State and Oklahoma State because it really puts them in the driver's seat in terms of just being able to control things. Because Kansas State has a has a fairly soft schedule the next few weeks. They're not playing the likes of Texas or Oklahoma or anybody like that until they get into November. So I, I kind of suspect that even with the quarterback change at Kansas State – Uh, the Wildcats will probably still be undefeated going into November and conference play. So for Iowa State and Oklahoma State, what's really at stake is remaining undefeated probably going into November.
1: One Big 12 game now this weekend with the, of course, the the buys that they put in for so many different teams. Is that all there is? Kansas, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. That is all we're going to get Mm, this weekend. So, I don't ask Matt for you to break down this game or anything like that. <laughs> West Virginia though. You're number two for Neil Brown, the uh the former Troy coach. What do you think of the development of that program?
3: Uh I think they're I think they're doing really good work. Um, you know, beating Baylor at home, um yeah, albeit in overtime. I that was a game I kind of expected them to win because they've done really well against Baylor in Morgantown over the years. But if you really look at how things are developing uh, you know their defense has gotten much better from year one to year two. They're executing better on offense. They seem to have more weapons. They're spreading the ball around more. Um, I, I think they're going to be one of those teams that we get into November and December. I, I don't think you want to play them. You know, I think uh, uh, for those teams that are in that contending spot that have already played West Virginia, like Oklahoma State, they're going to be glad they did uh, early in the season because I think this is a team in the last four or five games of the conference race can be real trouble for anybody that plays them.
0: Mm, Interesting. Uh, Matt Poten, I misspoke. Uh, K-State, Iowa State on the 21st. Texas is uh, Black Friday. Should have known that. Yes. Uh Texas Iowa State Black Friday. Man, oh man, this this game in Stillwater is so huge for for both teams. Uh right, but from wherever we sit, certainly for Iowa State. Just real quick, Matt, to to get you out of here. Uh the Matt uh, the Dak Prescott injury, is uh, just clearly devastating. Um he, he's gonna be back and I'm sure he'll be back and he'll be fine. I like the fact that the the Stephen Jones and Pops are saying the right thing. Look, he's he's making thirty million dollars a year, and he's going to get tagged again next year. In all likelihood, he's going to get his money. Uh, but for the team itself, just um, and look, Andy Dalton came in and led him down the field and led him to victory. But Dak Prescott's their leader. That's a blow.
3: Yeah, I mean, you could see it just on Dak's face, on the, on the face of those players. I mean, th- just the level of respect, not just among his teammates, but just across the NFL over the last day and a half, you just see it. Did, and that doesn't. That's not something that happens for every player that plays in this league. I mean, uh, you know that, that sort of outpouring just doesn't uh, just doesn't happen. But uh, you know the, the Cowboys, you know they're they're going to be making a lot of adjustments. They played the Cardinals on Monday night. Obviously, Andy Dalton is a credible veteran who knows how to run an offense. He's got some great weapons around him. Uh, I suspect the Cowboys will probably turn toward running the football more with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, they started doing that in the second half of that game uh, on Sunday. Uh, they were at about a 68-32 run, pass-run ratio going into the game against the Giants. I think that ratio is going to get more balanced as the season goes on. Uh, they play in a weak division. Uh, they're getting some players back uh, on defense that have been injured, uh, Leighton Van Esch, Sean Lee, uh, a couple of other guys. Shouldn't underestimate the fact that they also lost Tristan Hill to a torn ACL on Sunday as well. So mm-hmm. They've got some issues on the defensive side of the football too, but they've got enough talent and enough, uh, weapons and enough, um, you know, ability on that offensive side of the football to keep them viable and keep them competitive. And with the way the division is, you know, you know, nine and seven, maybe even eight and eight, could win it this year. So I don't think they're they're out of the playoff race or anything like that at this point. But uh, um, certainly, you know, it sounds like a four to six month timetable for Dak to get back in the field. So he could be back next year. I suspect the Cowboys will probably tag him. That'd be about a thirty five million salary in twenty twenty one, and then. Maybe let him play next year, show them what he can do, and then and then make the decision about the long term uh, viability. But I think that does put quarterback back on the table in the draft next mm,
0: spring. Interesting. Uh,
3: maybe maybe not in the first round, but I think you have to protect yourself because I don't think Andy Dalton will be here next year. I think he's going to show enough to NFL GMs to find a starting job somewhere else. That would put would put Prescott back in the position to play in 2021, and then I think you've got to. Think about the idea if there's a if there's a right quarterback there maybe in the middle round that you can develop and have ready for Prescott in case Prescott, you know, doesn't come back the way they're hoping or just decides to test the waters of free agency in 2022. Uh, I think that puts that position back on the table.
0: Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thank you, appreciate it as always. Great to speak with you. Hey, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's joining us. We talk a little Big 12. We'll talk a little sports wagering next. Iowa, the state of Iowa, set a record of handle-wise. $74.4 million bet in September on sports. How much profit? How much tax out of that? How much came back to the state? Yeah, Big chunk. Yeah, big chunk. I'll find out we'll ask Ryan or real No, He'll know. He will. I'm Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and One oh. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Our friend Zubin Mehente from ESPN will join us at about 11.25. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. Right now, Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. More money was bet on sports in the state of Iowa in the month of September than ever before. You're welcome. You did, you did your part, TC, is what you're I saying. Uh, let's get Brian and Rilko in here. Brian, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, as always. Brian, uh, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, guys. It's uh, excellent to, to be here. Thank you.
0: No, we appreciate you coming on. So uh, $74 million in change was wagered on sports. Um, and as somebody pointed out in the article at the Gazette I read, can you imagine what that, I mean, I don't know how significantly would have been uh, added to that number, but had the Big Ten been a part of this, Brian, the number clearly would have even been higher, right?
2: Yeah, it would have. Uh, uh, we had a record month uh, in September, and it wasn't even close. We had uh, previously... Um, done fifty nine million as our high month and that was last November december um, when we had uh, college football, including the big ten uh, uh, in in full season um, form and so right now uh, we did not have the big ten uh, we did not have the pac twelve there uh, you know college football is is still not in full swing uh, but people are interested and and there are a lot of reasons uh why i think we saw such a high number um this month uh but i do think um we're going uh, to see that number grow um as uh, the big 10 and some of these other leagues uh, uh, start back up
1: one thing i was a little surprised by we saw just uh, how huge online wagering is but i expected the number to be actually a little bit higher has to be good for the casinos to see that people are still going into the doors and and not just, of course, going to make their sports wagers. I'm sure having dinner, maybe having a pull at the slot machine, whatever it may be. Surprised by those numbers? How about you, Brian?
2: Trent, you're exactly right. And and when you look at the numbers closely, there is a reason for it. And and um, uh, we still have the Council Bluffs, uh, i.e., Omaha market. Um, that still do not have uh, internet partners yet, and so I think that is mm-hmm. the material factor and why uh, we're still seeing such a, a high overall retail percentage. So right now in the state of Iowa, of all of the money wagered, seventy percent of it is online, thirty percent is still retail, and I think those casinos are happy to see that foot traffic, um, but. I think if you look at each individual market we're seeing some interesting trends and and markets like Prairie Meadows and uh and some of the Isle uh, casino properties you know they're in uh, 85 90% uh, re, uh online the one that just uh, blows my mind um but but it doesn't if you think about it um is is uh, the DraftKings partners and at Wild Rose Jefferson um you know about 99% of the handle there was done uh, online. And so um, we will see uh, that uh, trend continue to shift in a way where the majority of the revenue for sports wagering will occur online. And I think we'll see that happen when Harris, Horseshoe, Ameristar, um, they get their partners um, um, active. And, and uh, incidentally, uh, we have a commission meeting uh, on Thursday. We have eight of these a year. And uh, and on uh, that meeting, um, or on the agenda for that meeting, we have Ameristar, Harris, and Horseshoe that are requesting approval uh, to move forward with a, with an online partner.
0: Interesting. William Hill uh, involved in those?
2: It is so. Yep. So as as we've read, William Hill uh, is um, was purchased by Caesars or, or El Dorado, and so that uh, is a natural uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that's what we'll see at Horseshoe and Harrah's Uh, at Ameristar. uh, It's a company uh, called uh, the score digital gaming Uh, um, Ameristar is a pen facility. So I think, um, you know, we'll, uh, Pen Penn will have other partners, but uh, this will be the first uh, in Iowa.
0: Uh, Brian, I'm anxious to uh, to ask this question because it was a big talker between Trent and, and myself, and I was clearly wrong. I thought that uh, you know there might be some properties that don't put college numbers on the board just because of all the COVID and the the players that aren't going to be able to answer the bell. I'm watching game day on Saturday morning. They're interviewing Mac Brown in advance of the Virginia Tech game that was going to kick off in about 90 minutes. And game day actually broke to the North Carolina coach, the dozen or so Virginia Tech players who are not going to be able to play, uh, due to COVID, uh, rearing its ugly head. Have you had complaints from customers that don't think they're getting a fair shake when it comes to, you know, not getting this information in a timely fashion? I mean, Mac Brown didn't know and he's the coach of the team on the other side of the field. How are the betters going to know? Have you seen any complaints regarding that?
2: You know we have not had uh, near as many complaints as I thought we would uh, with regard um, to information and and line changes uh, i I think what um, and it's hard it's hard to say why, but i I do think that most of the customers that are wagering just understand that risk and it and it is definitely. A, a big risk, and it's something that, you know, we had talked about, um, back in the summer in July. It's just, you know, what, what, what to expect, and kind of my, my recommendation, and I think at the time was, you know, if, if you're wagering in this environment right now, you, it, it's just important to note that, that what you described could happen and will happen, and, uh, and it has, um, we've seen some significant line changes on a number of games because of that. But we really have not seen a lot of complaints from the public. Uh, it, it really isn't um, a situation where anything nefarious no 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 uh, occurred. It's it's just kind of a, a matter of circumstance and um, and so you know I do think um, if you're on the wrong end of that you're frustrated. But um, I think I think people understand that that's what's happening right now.
1: Ten seconds, Brian. We are up against it here casino game, gaming online 2021 a possibility yes no
2: so i'm hearing from the industry that they are going to propose a bill so whether it has any legs it's tough
0: yeah brian rilko from the iowa racing and gaming commission brian thanks for what you do for us we'll speak again thanks brian thanks guys good Bye. to talk to you Hour two coming up next 1460 KXNO, 106.3 fm